McCarthy live from New York City. Hello everybody. It is September 12th and I'm coming to you on a very foggy, strange, strange weather going on in New York right now. It's cloudy and it looks like it's going to rain, but it's so muggy out that you would need shorts and it's kind of dark, not unlike uh, maybe like Germany and like Berlin in November, how, how it gets dark at like 4 o'clock. It's getting that kind of vibe to it, but it's hot. Don't really know how to explain it. I had the air conditioning on one minute, and then I was wearing like a flannel the next minute. It's pretty, pretty schizophrenic, weird weather. So yesterday was September 11th, and it's, it's uh, really interesting. Obviously, I'm going to talk about this at the uh, KEXP um, suicide prevention show that I'm doing uh, next month, that if musicians just play music and there's so much more to like uh, a creative than just music, right? I'm looking forward to talking about that, but there's so much um, more to talk about than just music stuff that I kind of trip get tripped up sometimes. But yes, uh, not to digress too much, but uh, New York City, September 11th, pretty incredible. Um, I was there that day, and it was so surreal. And the more stories I hear, um, they're just they're just mind blowing stories. It's funny. I think maybe it was raw at the time. I know that I was gone for a few years there touring, but now that I'm back, it seems like I'm hearing more like personal accounts of being in the Trade Center or around it. And I wrote some of those on um, on Patreon and, and some stories that I have of people very close to me. But yeah, it was a it was a it was an unbelievably surreal day. I just remember driving in my car and just picking up strangers from the bridge. Um, and I'll never forget that. That was that will never ever happen again in New York. <laughs> you know, just become a personal taxi, like just a strange public taxi. Um, in this city uh, under any circumstances it's a really crazy move but it made a lot of sense that day kind of interesting they um, they shine these ma- I don't know if anybody around the world has ever seen this they shine these massive like spotlights um, from ground zero and they go up into the sky and they're like these two beams I didn't realize it's like a massive apparently very expensive undertaking and I felt so bad yesterday because it was completely foggy um, and you couldn't see even to Manhattan. I'm 1.5 miles um, from Manhattan, so I'm very close. Um, probably like around a, a football field, like an American football field, probably like five loops around the track. That's how far away. Really not far, just across the water. I'm on the waterfront, and it's relatively close to the water as well. So it's just right over the... The water but the beams were shining up into the sky and it was completely foggy you couldn't even see them and I thought that was really sad until I realized it was actually pretty um, 
pretty chilling actually because that's what happened in 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 September 11th is eventually all the debris and everything had gone into the air and it just became a big whiteout and you couldn't see Manhattan anymore it was just a cloud like the whole city was a cloud there was uh particles and papers and um dust raining all down all of, on our neighborhood it was like everything was covered in white so it's like this white chalky powder that I'm assuming was from like the walls or the um, the drywall inside the offices or whatever. And that massive structure like carried over because the wind was blowing. The wind was blowing south that day and it was coming south and a little bit to the east. So it was definitely landing on our neighborhood and I remember it. So it reminded me of that. Anyways, um, last thing I'll say about that, I've long wondered why... We chose to, Americans chose, like, never forget. I always wondered why it couldn't be, like, always remember. I feel like always remember has such a, a more of, like, a sort of a positivity. And for me, never forget feels, like, very angry. Like, never forget what those people did to us. Rather than, like, always, always remember, like, always remember that this happened and always remembered like our foreign policy and that we're, there's a global community and we probably, with our, with our behavior, and we probably agitated some people over the years because there was like a real anti-American, um, and still is largely, there's like a, a large anti-American sentiment in certain corners of the world and it spilled over and came over our shores. And I just never forget, it just seems like perpetuating more intensity with it when... I don't know, maybe the answer is to diffuse it a little more. I don't know. Am I getting political? I don't. I hope not. Um, well, why not talk about some more politics? Anybody following this Trump op-ed thing? What the hell, man? An insider? An insider is outing his uh, presidency in the, White, in the Oval Office, the White House, uh, saying it's an absolute train wreck and there's a resistance movement happening in his own staff against him. And there's cries of uh, treason, mostly from Trump. And they're talking about um, putting the entire staff through polygraph tests. I don't know, man. Two ways of looking at it, I guess. One, um, he's a president. He has a right for, to national security, right? And if that's treasonous, like I don't know, or if what they're saying is has a grain of truth in it enough to submit to the New York Times, and maybe this is something they like the American public should know about that they're were not only being led by a jackass, but like a dangerous, a dangerous kind of personality. Very interesting to follow. It's been a roller coaster to follow it, and I don't typically follow politics, but I kind of can't turn my eyes away. Okay, so I announced uh, the KEXP um, radio show that I'm doing with John Richards, and that's in October. Uh, the dates, I, I, let me check really quick. Okay, so that will be October 10th at 9.30 Pacific Standard Time. I announced that on National Suicide, sorry, it's National Suicide Prevention Week, and it was on the 10th, which is World Suicide Prevention Day. I did not realize this. I believe, 
I was just talking to Lisa Whiteman about this and I was reading a little bit. I don't live in um, the United Kingdom, but she was saying that it's the leading killer of men under a certain age um, in Great Britain, like more than cancer. And I think that's like staggering. I, uh, I'm going to be talking with John about uh, mental illness and, and prevention and what we can do is just family members, bystanders, co-workers, bandmates um, from watching human beings end up in this uh, sequestered like in their own in their own thoughts and feeling helpless. And I think it's a really pressing issue. Um, talked about him quite a bit this summer, but yeah, I think about Scott Hutchinson frequently. And I actually have to snap out of it and tell myself to stop thinking about it because it can turn into somewhat of a tunnel. And I really wonder sometimes like what is a healthy amount to indulge in it. And I've tried to put it down. I'm, um, I'm working on some music um, regarding Frightened Rabbit and I'll just leave it at that. But I'm trying to examine how I'm going to go about speaking to John and it's on the air and I'm performing as well. So, you know, I, for those issues that have happened in my family, um, my past, I'm okay with it. I, it, this has happened, you know, it was 2009. So it's been a little while I've, I, I've handled it. And it also happened when I was 19. So I'm okay. I just, I just know that it's a sensitive topic, but like many topics, what Eric and I were trying to talk about in 2011, 12, 13, 14, like all through those early Augustine's years, we were trying to like talk about mental illness and homelessness and um, talk about people incarcerated and what to do with mental illness and depression in, uh, in modern society. Like how do we answer to that? Because it's a Sadly, it's a killer that we can't really always see coming and it lurks and it lives inside of of people. And like we always said, you know, if your dad was upstairs and you had company, you could say, you know, oh, my dad can't come down. He's, he's got a bad knee. But it's not okay to say my dad's got a bad head. He can't really be with us right now. He's depressed or he's, yeah, we just don't. There's like this taboo, and I don't know where it came from, um, but it's real, and it exists, and um, I will be reading about statistics. If it's one in every five people, one in every three people, I don't know um, who, like how many people suffered from depression, but I will read up on it before I do the show. Anyways, so thank you. There was a lot of supportive words about that, and I really appreciate it. I have a lot to actually say about the whole topic because I met Scott in a period of time that I was reeling, still very much reeling. It, uh, it had only been two years or two plus years that I had lost my brother and I do worry about Grant and I do worry about the band guys and, and Billy and Cy and uh, all of them. So uh, yeah, so it's kind of a weird full circle thing. And ultimately, that was a large part of our biography and our story. And Todd Howe has made a film about it. And we're going to these premieres. I'm honored that it's in my hometown of Santa Cruz where I was born. It's where my mother and my grandparents are buried, my brother. And so it's like a really, it's a really meaningful thing for me. I, I feel it's so personal, in fact, that I'm, 
my sister's like getting on me about inviting people. Like, should we invite this person that we knew that lived down the block from us? Or like this, she wanted to invite this like weird foster lady, foster home lady, foster mom, I guess you could say, um, from that time, from our childhood and that time period. And it's like, oh, it's so claustrophobic and weird. It makes me feel like, eh, I want to hide. But I think that uh, just from talking to friends, I feel like, everyone's the consensus is probably that I'd probably really regret not going. And I, I, I it's very meaningful to me to go to the Santa Cruz one. And I, I, I am going to come to uh, London. I've just purchased my tickets. Todd will be there. A lot of people from the onward community will be there. So with any luck, we can have like a nice peaceful gathering and it's not heavy and it's, we feel light and, happy and I know there's gonna be a lot of feelings whipping around like missing the band missing that time period missing rock and roll missing um missing human beings that are not all, all in our life anymore missing you know missing a tour bus there's gonna be it's gonna be kind of emotional but my strategy is just to go into it like with really good people around me and and just go from there um other than that yep yeah, I'm I've got my songs all selected for my record and I have locked down dates I am starting in mid-November and so from now till November is all my demos and I'll be recording actually I have the option of starting in the last week of October but I'll go all the way to January 1st and I'm working on my album number two I'm thrilled about that and there's more news coming I'm just really excited to get back into being a songwriter and all the songs are there and um, looking at a 10 to 11 song record for now but that could always change and that's my story okay friends I better get back to it Um, thank you for listening thank you for the supportive words Uh, thank you for being on this journey with me and I'm so thrilled I'm so honored and I'm so proud of where we all are at with a crowdfunded film and uh, standing up for A Road Less Traveled and an art first and um, an art is important type of attitude. So I appreciate you being with me on that and having my back and Todd's back and Eric and Rob's back. So big love, big hug, and I will talk to you all very soon. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York.